Hello, and welcome to the Immigrants Incorporate podcast. My guest today, Nancy Luong, is a senior analyst at Salesforce who has a background in digital marketing with 15 plus years of experience. Nancy is a proud first-generation daughter to Vietnamese and Chinese immigrants. Nancy Luong is a Long Beach local and a graduate of Cal State University, Long Beach, who is now a successful Fortune 500 senior marketer, financial content creator, keynote speaker, university educator, equality advocate, enthusiastic storyteller, and best-selling published author. She believes everyone has a story and has created the How We Got Here journal for you to tell your story. The journal is filled with 50 life-changing questions to ask your parents and loved ones. Nancy is also one of the many women that added their voice to my book, Thriving in Intersectionality. I'm so excited for you to get to meet her, hear our stories and our experiences as an immigrant in corporate America. Thank you for joining us. Hello, and welcome to the Immigrants Incorporate podcast. On this podcast, you will learn from lived experiences how to thrive in the corporate workplace as an immigrant. My name is Lola Adeyemo. I am the CEO of EQI Mindset and the founder of the nonprofit Immigrants Incorporate Inc. I work with organizations to build inclusive workplaces. On this podcast, I will be amplifying immigrant voices from within corporate organizations through solo episodes as well as guest interviews. It is a global world of work, and I'm very sure you can learn a thing or two from my guests who are originally from different parts of the world and their experiences working in the corporate workplace. All right. Hi, Nancy. Thank you very much for being here today and for joining me on the Immigrant in Corporate podcast. I'm excited to continue the conversation that we started a couple of months back when I was uh, chatting with you about my book, Thriving in Intersectionality. So let's get right in. If you'd like to introduce yourself to my audience, and tell us a little bit about your immigrant journey. Sure. So I'm Nancy Long, and I live in Long Beach, California. I'm a daughter to um, Vietnamese and Chinese immigrants, parents that fled the Vietnam War um, in 1979 and um, end up living in a refugee camp with my two sisters who were born and then eventually came to America where I was born in beautiful Santa Rosa, California. Very privileged compared to my sisters <laughs> who are, who was born in Vietnam and my other sister was born in the refugee camp. So from living in California, I've been able to, you know, live the American dream by going to Cal State Long Beach. Um, you know, every immigrant's parents dreams to have their kids go to college. And this is yeah. where I currently live. And um, what I do for a living is marketing. Thank you. And so let's let's unpeel that a little bit because I know that there's a lot more to your story, your childhood, your background. And we touched about that a little bit um, in my book. But can you tell me, give us a picture of what your childhood was like um, as far back as you remember, of course. Yeah. So I remember my childhood very vividly <laughs> because in a way I had to grow up really quickly. You know, my parents had so many jobs. They barely spoke English. We didn't have a lot of money. 
um, a huge thing that I remember is always working with my parents. So my parents, um, one of the jobs that they had was working at a flea market and selling clothes every weekend. And I was out there, uh, rain, shine, allergy season <laughs> out there with my parents, um, selling clothes with them. So that's a huge part of, you know, how I grew up. It was always seeing my parents work hard and then me working with them as well. And just really having to struggle, I would say financially, um, you know, at the time we didn't have a lot of money. And I think that it affected a lot of my life of which is why I'm very adamant about finances because although I don't think money buys you happiness I think that it helps give you financial stability and comfort and so growing up in that dynamic um, made me want to work hard and you know be financially stable and working with my parents from such a young age I understood the value of really money time and energy yeah absolutely and I think I think um, it's also important that the first thing you talk about, I, I just see even the nostalgia when you talk about it, right? Even growing up with them, uh, working with them. And when I think of um, my background as well, growing up in Nigeria, it's funny the things we remember, the details we remember. Because at the time, right, you don't necessarily know what you're missing until you start to get older. Yeah. Right? You just know the reality. You know the reality of your life with my siblings and my parents, this is what we do. And, and uh, you look back now and you're talking about the work culture, um, the work ethics that they had uh, growing up. So let's, let's move a little into um, your career. And I think you kind of started to dive into that a little bit. Can you walk us through starting um, from what you do now, what, what, what industry, what you do, and then maybe a little bit about getting into corporate America as well. Yeah. So, um, so I will say because I had immigrant Asian parents, my parents were strict and that made me a little rebellious. <laughs> so I want to give that context. But in high school, I was just wanting to party, jump, you know, just bounce off the walls. I moved to Long Beach because my parents lived in Northern California and I wanted to get as far away as, you know, any rules I could have. And I went to Long Beach State. And I say that because during the time... I was like a free bird and I had multiple jobs. Um, I still had to work. I worked as a server and eventually I um, had to get it together. Thankfully, I have two older sisters and they were like, okay, you need to stop partying and get your life together. And I started interning at that time. So I was about 20, 21, uh, junior year and senior year. And I started my career by starting having internships. And that helped me get into my first job out of college, which um, was in marketing as well. And I worked at that company for about three years. So I think that's so important to say because, you know, especially for, for all students right now, and I do a lot of work at Long Beach State, I always tell them, get an internship. Like you need to get your foot in the door. I don't care if you're getting coffee or fetching whatever. And hey, now they pay you. Back then they didn't even pay me. Like now you're getting paid. So this is a privilege. Um, I know. You need to get something on your resume and get experience and network. So, you know, with all that said, because I was able to do that, I, you know, um, still to this day, I am in touch with all the people I knew from my internships in college to my first job out of college. And so I've been able to climb up the corporate ladder and move around to great companies and also learn a lot along the way with 
you know, a lot of things that I sell for that I shouldn't have in companies and a lot of great companies that worked for. And I think this is a lot of learning experience, especially coming mm-hmm. from a child of immigrant parents. And I can dive in deeper what that means. Um, to me, that means, you know, in a way, I think being a daughter of immigrants, you're so thankful. You have so much gratitude and you're just happy to have a job. But another way, you don't really have healthy boundaries because <laughs> you think you're just lucky to be there. And then there's major imposter syndrome where you think you're going to get fired every yep. three years. So every yep. day you're just do, hustling, doing your best, being over the top, like basically selling your soul in some capacity. And so later on is when I realized, you know, when you work on yourself and have to reverse all these thoughts in your head of, I am good enough. I do belong here. And you build that confidence and you, you learn that you're important and that you bring value is when you can move up in the corporate world, but also feel um, like you deserve, which we do a work-life balance. Right, right. And I think that's also important and that's common among immigrants, right? Especially in corporate America, then you feel like, I have to do everything to show them that I'm grateful. Right. You don't think about what you want. Mm-hmm. You don't think about, you know, how you're being treated. If there's anything going on, mm-hmm. if you're in a toxic workplace, you don't even think about it. You just continue with that um, gratitude. And there, there is a mental impact of that if, if you are in the wrong environment. Um, but uh, we're going to talk about your book because I think that's also tied to this topic we're talking about, um, especially the process of you even beginning to explore yeah. um, writing. I think that was a key part of what we, we mentioned in my book was exploring what it means to be yourself, right? Like, where did you start from? And it doesn't mean um, a lot of times we hear entrepreneurship being talked about in the context of immigrants, mm-hmm. right? immigrants and being entrepreneurs and how sort of the skill set of our background helps with that. But I think um, one unique perspective that you bring to these is I am on this journey. I am doing what I'm doing, but I'm still in corporate. I'm loving it. And I'm still exploring other part of myself. So um, I think that's important to talk about that, how your journey shifted, how you moved uh, from being grateful, which we still are, to fully exploring who you are. Can you share a little more about that? Yeah, with that, it comes with having support. I think when you start having support with your mentors or and working on yourself and having self-love and self-acceptance and knowing that you do belong at work and you're not going to get fired every day, (laughs) you know, and that you are valued, that is work within and that is going to help you move up in the corporate world and also feel like you deserve all these things. You know, before I used mm-hmm. to feel guilty for taking vacation time. Now I'm like, right. n- like because mental health is so important now and wellness and work-life balance, which these words never existed in my 20s, by the way, to me. I'm No one was ever talking about mental health. <laughs> so I was talking about pulling an all-nighter and like seeing what you can do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's yeah. so different now because especially with the next generation who's bringing a lot of attention to this, that's now shifting right. our own... Um, expectations and thoughts. And so it's really important to um, know that you are worthy. And that is really looking within and doing that work of self-love and self-acceptance. Right. And and by the way, the mental health conversation, I I don't think it's still 
uh, being talked about as much as it should. Really? So we are fortunate to be in spaces where sometimes we forget that we're only seeing a very tiny percentage of, of companies that are talking about it. But I think especially in the context of uh, being an immigrant in corporate America, I think that's important because a lot of what we are doing, we are internalizing it, right? Mm-hmm. And everything is my fault. Everything, I have to work harder. Everything, I, I made a mistake. It's something that I need to fix. And there's a huge mental health impact that that can have. So what would you say, um, maybe if we move a little more into resources, kind of your career journey and resources, um, especially thinking about the audience of this conversation, right? Immigrants in corporate America or international students Mm -hmm. in colleges who are going to get into corporate organizations. You know, you work in a very fast-paced industry and and in a high-profile role. And one of the things that we know is that the corporate culture, you know, you can't really change it, especially if you're in a large company, right? You might not be able to make as much um, uh, impact as you can make fast enough for yourself to benefit. Uh, But in terms of resources and and getting what has been able to help you on this journey uh, personally, Mm -hmm. what, what are some of those resources? What has that process looked like for you? Yeah. So for me, it's, it's so important to join an ERG. I think that it's so important to be part of community and organizations at your work or outside of your work that has community feel. So for me, I'm part of Asia Pack Force, which is an Asian organization at Salesforce that's promoting um, diversity, promoting um, self-growth, mental health, you know, just connecting with one another in the AAPI community, along with having allies, which is very important to have allies because you can do all this work, but if no one knows about it, then, you know, it's, it's really hard to make an impact. So I would say definitely join organizations and be a part of it, you know, be, be interactive and be, when I say be a part of it, join in the conversations, you know, not just listen, be a part of it. And these, these organizations are so important because it's like-minded people that share such common um, right. processes and topics and dynamics you can share in a very fun level of talking about their crazy ass families, you know, so like, right. you know, even on that level and that on top of everything else, on top of how do we right. a ladder to develop it, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, we're also humans that have our own lives that are, you know, that share all this the trauma of being in a AAPI childhood um, setting to how families are today. So, you know, sometimes every month we have a meeting where we just vent about stuff and it's actually one of the most therapeutic, nice forms we have. It's not about work. It's not about anything. In fact, we all take down our corporate like personalities and we're just real and we'll be like, you know, my aunt called me fat and she's trying to feed me egg rolls, you know, and everyone's like, I get it. My family got it. So it's like those type of things. It's like, just makes you feel human. Like you could breathe and, and, right. and people understand you and they get it. And so from a mental health perspective, I think that's really important too, just to have that community. Also, there's so right. many resources online. You know, I would say even right now, TikTok has so many resources for, um, you know, anything with self-development, with community, with, anything okay. else you can find on and there are quick videos that you know you can learn so much about so if you're an international student i would say you know use your social media resources in a great positive way or look at your university um organizations and see what you can have and join them and be a part really interact and be a part of these communities 
Yeah, that's that's um that's good to clarify because I think we talk about joining these groups and and one of the things you said you used the word participating, mm-hmm. right? Um, because a lot of time that can be helpful too in a lot of ways. You also learning. There's also the learning aspects. First, you're recognizing that it's not just me, right? Other people are facing these, and that kind of takes the pressure. Mm-hmm. Takes the pressure of um, it's a process. It doesn't happen immediately, um, but it's employee resource groups are definitely a good place to start. I am a fan of employee resource group, uh, but I, I I think you know com- different companies also call it different names, affinity groups, uh, but the community and then the resources. So do you have um, other specific resources outside of employee resource groups that uh, you would recommend or that you used as, or that you have used and currently use as part of your career journey in corporate America? Yeah, I have a coach and I think coaching is really important. And also anything that is going to help you grow is important. I think this is something we struggle with as immigrants is that we think we can do it ourselves or asking for help is so hard. Even these days I've been doing mental health for so long. And sometimes I question myself, do I, do I need someone? And it's like, yeah, it's okay. You know, it's okay. Why are you even questioning yourself? We have, sometimes I think it's like when we get it on our own is when we're going to be successful. Right. But we have to realize it takes a village, you know, for anything. And think about the people that we mentor, you know, I would not, if someone was like, I don't know if I need you. I'd be like, if you do, you do. And that's amazing. If you don't, that's okay too. But it's so important to ask for help and to, you know, and that can be anything. And one thing I love is having a coach to, you know, help me walk through my goals and walk me through what I want, um, what purpose and meaning and helping me believe in myself as well. You know, I think that that's another thing. Sometimes it's hard for us to believe in ourselves and Trust me, you could do the work, but it's good to have a support system. It's healthy to have a support system that's going to cheer you on and that will help yeah. lift you up when you can't see that. And, you know, we do that for each other as well, you know, especially as women, right. I think it's so important. As an immigrant woman, I think it's so important to do that for each other. Yeah, that's um, that's interesting. I recently, in the last couple of years, too, just discovered coaching. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also one of the least the most underutilized resources for people in the corporate workplace, right? Uh, A lot of people, we talk about mentoring Mm -hmm. and then the way people phrase mentoring is always also so rigid. Like Mm -hmm. you have to have the structured relationship. Um, But that structure of getting a coach, working with a coach consistently, kind of, you know, evolving your career with the support and guidance of somebody else, I don't think it's a concept that is still very well used in the corporate workplace. So can you share maybe, how did you get involved with a coach? Yeah. What was, what triggered that for you? So luckily for, luckily for us as Salesforce, we have free coaching, which I think people should take advantage of. And like you said, it's not even, it's talked about, but not as much as should be and taking advantage of it. In fact, everyone I know, I'm like, Hey, did you know we have free coaching unlimited at our org? And people were like, no. And I'm like, you should take advantage of it. So amazing. But I got into... Are these external coaches, sorry to interrupt you, are these external coaches or assigned coaches within the company? So we use um, BetterUp. And um, so it's an external company. And I think a lot of people may have heard of it. But um, so we use them. And then you can get assigned a coach based on what you want coaching for. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely recommend coaching as a resource. Yeah. And so I got into coaching because... 
I knew that I, I wanted and needed more in life. Like I knew I could only go up so high, but I knew with coaching and a support system, I'm going to go higher than what I can potentially do. Because sometimes you can't see what you can't see. <laughs> you need someone right. to the blind spots and the things you can see and you're not sure about. That's what a coach is good for to help you navigate through those thoughts. Those, and we all have these negative thoughts, you know, the, the, imposter syndrome the should i can i will i and then you just shut down completely you're like forget it i'm gonna wait till tomorrow and deal with myself tomorrow and i was like i'm tired of that i want someone to help me you know talk through my thoughts because there's a lot of them and i know so many immigrants overanalyze like i i know that i talk about that all the time with so many friends women that are immigrants and we overanalyze everything you know and it's all these things in our heads and whether you're immigrant or not i'm sure a lot of realities but especially with immigrant people i think it, this is important so when you have coaching or just a team it helps you kind of realign yourself of, of you know and talk things out and i think that's really important is talking things out sometimes it's just right. being able to talk to someone and and someone outside your own box you know outside your friends or colleagues a third party that is going to help you so right. That is why I think it's so important to have a coach or some type of mentor or safe space to speak. Right. And thank you for sharing that, because I think as we talk about corporate America specifically, uh, sometimes it's, it's, it needs to go beyond just the awareness that immigrants have unique challenges. Immigrants have um, different types of challenges, depending on where they come from or what kind of immigrant story they have or what part of the country they are working in, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but when you got about resources, providing resources, that's like actionable steps that an organization can take, you know? Thank you for sharing about coaching uh, because everybody can use that, especially, yeah. you know, people underrepresented, overrepresented. You can use this as a resource and it's definitely valuable for our career. All right. I want to shift to talking a little bit about your book. Yes. And do you want to share, talk to us about your, your book and how you got there? Yeah, sure. So I wrote a book called How We Got Here, and it's a guided journal um, tailored especially for immigrant families to ask for people to ask their parents, grandparents, or loved ones questions about their journey, questions about their life, and to really just get to know their families more. And ultimately get to know themselves more. I think that when you're able to learn more about your family dynamics and learn about their past, you learn about the generational patterns that are being passed down and kind of why your family is the way that they are. And that is going to stem all the way down to you, why you are the way you are. So, you know, not only do you get to learn about your family history, but you're learning a lot about the psychology and dynamics of um, how you got to be who you are today. The first time you shared that book with me or that link, I remember thinking, so both of my parents passed away in 2015 while I was in the U.S., right? And you know, for immigrants, that's always a big issue. You miss a lot of major milestones if you have a family uh, at a distance, yes. right? If you have extended family somewhere else, you can't just get on a book of flight and go right? There's a lot of other things at stake. So I know I remember thinking, oh, I wish I had that when they were alive. And then you made a statement. You were like, well, but you have your kids. 
And I thought about I thought about it when you said that, you know, I have a nine-year-old, a six-year-old, and a two-year-old. And there are certain things that my nine-year-old now is beginning to ask. And I'm like, it would be nice to sit down and have these conversations and document it. So for you personally, how did you decide you wanted to write this book? And is there a story there with your parents, with your siblings? Yeah. So for me, I've always been interested in my parents' journey. But I wanted to write this because I was hearing during COVID so many people were losing their parents. And one thing I kept hearing my friends that had lost their parents say exactly that. I wish I would have asked my parents more questions. I wish I knew more about them. I wish I had videos of them. And so, you know, it sparked the idea of like bringing a few passions that I have together, which is one, family history, two, psychology, three, get getting conversations started that are outside of the norm of typically immigrant families don't talk about deep things. Well, what you're eating for dinner, cooking, and it's, it's yeah. good to have yeah. a type of tool or resource to ask questions beyond this. And like you said, to share with your kids, you know, like my sisters will share their own stories with their kids and they're the same age as your kids. And it's just so like it sticks with them, you know, and this is good for the next generation. Right. They're going to know, yeah. hey, even though I never got to meet my grandparents, I have all these stories that I can pass down. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you for everything you are doing as part of your ERG at your organization and also for spreading uh, the word and creating awareness around uh, around these. I uh, look forward to fielding questions about you and also sharing your book as a resource. If you're listening to these, grab a copy of how we got here, journal, and hopefully it helps to capture some great memories. Thank you for joining me, Lola Adeyemo, as always, for these important conversations on the corporate world of work from the immigrant perspective. For more resources and upcoming events, please visit our website, www.immigrantsincorporate.org. You can also follow us on Instagram at Immigrants Incorporate. If you are on LinkedIn, please join the group Thriving in Intersectionality Immigrants Incorporate America. There will be a new episode every week, so make sure you are subscribed to get notified. Please leave us a rating, leave a review, and I hope to see you next time. Thank you.